welcome to Bethesda Broadcast, the podcast of Bethesda Church in Huron, South Dakota. This past Sunday it was Easter, and we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Pastor Roy gave a message from Matthew chapter 28. In it, he asks the question, where is your hope? We want you to be able to answer that question, and if you can't, keep listening as Pastor Roy explains how you can find hope in Christ. Just some thoughts as we think about what the children uh, shared with us this morning uh, in relationship to our worldview. We all have a worldview. When we come into church or into our job on Monday morning or into our home on Friday night or into the movie theater or into the marketplace, everywhere we go, we carry with us what we believe, what our worldview really is. And that worldview will determine my behavior in a large degree. And so when we approach the Bible, even our worldview will either be shaped by the Bible or it will be shaped by something outside of the Bible. And so when we look at the truth of Scripture, it has a great impact on what we believe and how we are going to allow our lives to be orchestrated. What is going to be the governing factor of my life? And so when I look at Matthew chapter 28, and I'm reminded of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it's a worldview that we embrace. We start with the beginning in Genesis, and it says, in the beginning, God. And some people never make it past the first four words of the Bible, of the divine revelation of God. In the beginning, God. Because some people say, no, no. No, there was no God. It's evolution. And yet the Bible is very clear that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. You either believe that or you disbelieve it and you reject it. But if you believe that God created the heavens and the earth based on the text of Scripture, then everything else that follows is true as well. And if you don't believe it, I challenge you to study the Scripture and come to an understanding. And maybe you haven't read the Scripture to know what it really says. But in Matthew 28, it says, After the Sabbath at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who is crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, where they will see me. While the women were on their way, some of the guards went into the city and reported to the chief priests everything that had happened. When the chief priests had met with the elders and devised a plan, they gave the soldiers a large sum of money, telling them, You are to say his disciples came during the night and stole him away while we were asleep. 
If this report gets to the governor, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So the soldiers took the money and did as they were instructed. And this story has been widely circulated among the Jews to this very day. The world was ripe for a redeemer. There was political turmoil. In fact, the world was looking for a political deliverer, and they thought that would be Jesus. When the Old Testament closes, the last word of the Old Testament is curse. In the New Testament, when Jesus came, it said he was full of grace and truth. He came to be a curse for us, to give his life on the cross. And so I ask you this morning, what is your world view? What is it that you are embracing? Uh, several months ago, there was a movie that came out, God's Not Dead. And those of you who saw the movie will remember that the newsboys put on a concert at the end of that movie. And there was a young lady by the name of Amy who came to the concert as a skeptic. She was doubtful that Jesus really existed. But now she had terminal cancer. And her life was in the balance. And she's looking for hope. And so she comes into the concert early. And she meets with the newsboys behind the stage. And she comes to them and begins to question them about their music. And one of the newsboys asked her, where do you get your hope from, Amy? And that's my question to you this morning. If you are not embracing Jesus Christ in your life, where does your hope come from? The Bible is clear that Jesus is risen from the dead. Just two Sundays ago, we had just returned from a trip to Israel. We went to the garden tomb. Now, people disagree on where Jesus was buried. Uh, there's a couple different places, they would say. But the important thing is, is not where he was buried. The important thing is that the tomb where he was buried is empty. He has risen from the dead. And there is significance in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It tells us in this passage that there was a violent earthquake for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. This was the second major earthquake that had taken place in just a couple of days. Because when Jesus died on the cross, there was also a violent earthquake that had taken place. And whenever we see that in the Bible where there's an earthquake like that around Jesus, it's a, it's a, it's a message of judgment. And it's also a message of a new dispensation that God is bringing in to the world. Because we see another earthquake back in the book of Exodus when God instituted the law and gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. There was an earthquake, the Bible says, on Mount Sinai. And so when God brings that in, and if we look back in chapter 27, when Jesus died, and in verse 51 it says, At that moment the curtain of the temple was torn in two, from top to bottom, the earth shook and the rock split. There was a violent earthquake when he died and when he was resurrected. And you know there's going to be another major earthquake when Jesus returns. And his feet, according to the book of Zechariah, the prophet Zechariah, remember Jesus ascended into heaven from the Mount of Olives. 
And the Bible says when he returns, he's going to return back and his feet are going to stand upon the Mount of Olives. And when it stands upon the Mount of Olives, the Bible says the mountain is going to split in two. And when you stand on the Mount of Olives, you can look straight ahead to the city of Jerusalem. And when you look at Jerusalem, you will see the eastern gate. And today that eastern gate has been bricked or rocked shut. There's no way to enter that gate. There are several gates into the city that you can walk into. Java Gate, Zion Gate, lots of different gates. But the eastern gate through which Jesus is going to pass has been rocked shut. I find that interesting. As if a few rocks are going to stop the Savior from busting through. When he comes and the mountains shake, I think the rocks are going to shake as well. And probably the whole wall is going to crumble. And he is going to walk back into his temple, the temple of the living God. So my question to you this morning is, where do you get your hope? The significance of the resurrection. You see, because Jesus predicted that he was going to rise from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus validates his claims. In John chapter 2, verse 19, here's what Jesus said. Destroy this temple, and I will raise it again in three days. And when he said that, the Jews were beside themselves. They said, wait a minute. How are you going to rebuild the temple in three days when it took us 46 years? They totally misunderstood Jesus. He was saying that he was going to rise from the dead in three days. And he did. To overcome death, hell, sin, and the grave. He did that for you and I. So my biblical worldview, where do I get my hope from each day? How can I lead my family when I turn on the news and I read about ISIS? And when I turn on the news and I hear about Iran may have a nuclear bomb, where do I get my hope from? Or I get a report that is devastating to me. Where where do I get my hope from? if it's not from Jesus Christ. You see, the point is, the Bible says it's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. And there are some people who are so busy in their lives that they don't even take time to really search out the scriptures to see if what Jesus said is true. And I challenge you, if you've never read the scripture for yourself, I challenge you to open the scripture and begin to read it and ask God to speak to you. And I believe he will. I believe he wants to reveal himself to us. The Bible tells us that we are born in sin. You never have to teach a toddler to do wrong. Never. A toddler will automatically do wrong. They'll go to the cookie jar and get cookies. They'll they'll disobey. And why do they do that? Because they have a sin nature. And that sin nature is bent on doing wrong. Psychologists want to come up with some other disease or some other idea. But the Bible calls it sin. And that sin is offensive to God, and it is so offensive to God that he sent Jesus to the cross. And that's what we celebrate on Good Friday, is we remember the death and burial of Jesus Christ. And the reason he died was for my sin, for your sin. 
because that sin separated us from God. Because God is holy and perfect, he cannot allow sin in his presence. And therefore, he separates himself from sin. And because we are sinners, he separates himself from us. But Jesus was willing to pay the price because what sin required was a death. And that death was a violent, cruel death on the cross, which he was willing to die, suspended between heaven and earth. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men to myself. But there's, one, there's, there's this problem called sin, and the biggest problem of sin is self and pride. Because, see, what we have to do is we have to acknowledge that we're sinners. You see, there was a time in my life as a little boy when I recognized that I was a sinner and I deserved God's eternal wrath and judgment. And I understood that. And as a little boy, I also understood that Jesus Christ died on the cross, paid the penalty for my sins so that I didn't have to live eternally separated from God forever in a place the Bible calls hell. And there are a lot of people who think, well, you know what? I was baptized, though, and, and therefore I'm okay because I've got a baptismal certificate. I've got it at home, and it's, it's, it's in a case. And, but yet nowhere in Scripture does the Bible say that baptism washes away sin. If it did, Jesus didn't need to die on the cross. And if I could do good things to wash away my sin and become reconciled to God, Jesus didn't need to die on the cross. He died on the cross because all of our righteousness, the Bible says, all of my righteousness and all of your righteousness is like filthy rags before a holy God. So therefore, my righteous deeds, my good deeds, will not pay the price for my sin and neither will yours. What God requires from you and me is perfection. You say, wait a minute, there's nobody perfect. You're right, we don't. We all fall short. The Bible says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And because I've fallen short and you've fallen short, the perfection is in the person of Jesus Christ. He was a sinless substitute who died on the cross for us that we could be forgiven the power of the resurrection is this. If Jesus died and did not rise from the dead, there would be no church today. Do you hear me? Not only would there not be a church here at Bethesda, there would not be a church anywhere. Because Jesus said to Peter, you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. Had Jesus stayed in the tomb, there would be no church built. But when Jesus ascended into heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit, the church then was born because God, Jesus, is at the right hand of the Father. And that's where he is to make intercession for you and me. Just because Jesus died on the cross, though, does not automatically mean that everyone goes to heaven. Some people are under the impression, well, I was born in America, therefore I'm a Christian. I was born into a Christian home. I have Christian grandparents or Christian parents. Therefore, I'm okay. Uh, you're not okay. I was born into a pastor's home, but I was still born a sinner. And I had to come to the point where I recognized that I was a sinner and that Jesus died on the cross for Roy Burkett's sins. And I was accountable for my sin. But I had to humble myself and acknowledge to God that I'm a sinner 
God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I deserve your eternal wrath and judgment, but I believe you sent Jesus Christ to the cross to die for my sin personally. And I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ into my life as a young boy, and my life has never been the same. It has shaped my worldview. The reason I have the wife that I have and the family I have is because of the worldview that I have embraced. And that worldview comes from this book. And if you don't believe this book, you better start reading it and looking at what's happening in our world, the depravity of man. And look how we are destroying one another. What did we just see in Kenya? How many people killed in Kenya? People killing one another, hating one another, harboring envy toward one another, jealousy, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, lust, immorality, pornography, drugs, alcohol, sex, you name it. It's all in our culture. Why? Because our culture has rejected God. And God has sent Jesus that you and I could be reconciled to a holy God. So I would challenge you, do not leave here this morning and go home and pillow your head tonight with no hope. I ask you the question again, where is your hope? If it's in yourself, what's going to happen when you die? If it's in our government, <laughs> we know that's not the answer. Psychology, education, money. I haven't seen a U-Haul behind a hearse yet. <laughs> all that we have, we're going to leave behind, titles and all. God has made provision in the person of Jesus. What I offer you this Easter is the hope of the resurrection in Jesus Christ. It is my prayer that not one person would leave here without accepting Jesus Christ if you don't know him personally today. Let's stand for a word of prayer. I would ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Peter writes these words. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I have a living hope. If you have put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you have a living hope because of Jesus raising from the dead. And here's what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are to be pitied more than all men. In other words, if my only hope in Christ is when I die and that's the end of my hope, it's pretty much a waste of time. 
But Jesus died that you and I might have eternal life with him. The Bible says, he who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son does not have life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. And we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ one day and give an account of what we've done. And the only thing that I can say when I stand before Jesus is, Lord, I remember when I was a sinner. And I remember when I prayed and I repented of my sin and I confessed my sin and I said, God, forgive me, a sinner. And come into my life and make me a brand new person. And the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. God can make you a brand new person right where you're standing this morning, if you're willing. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I ask you, where is your hope? If this was your last day on earth, are you ready to meet your creator? Because you're going to meet him one day. We will stand before Christ one day and give an account of what we've done with his son. I promise you that. And what are you going to say? Was there a time and a place in your life where you repented of your sin, where you were broken over your sin, where you realized you violated God's holy law and you are guilty before him? And now you confess that sin to him and you come and give him your life. And not only would you give him your life, but it changes your whole world view. It can change your family. Maybe this morning you've got conflict in your family. And your, your house is a war zone. I have good news for you. Jesus can come and bring peace to your home. He can bring reconciliation to marriage. He can bring hope to the hopeless. I remember a number of years ago, I had to conduct one of the most difficult funeral services I've ever conducted in my life. There were over 500 people at the funeral. The funeral was for a 21-year-old young man who hung himself. He had grown up in the church. He knew the way. But as he became an older teenager, he decided to go his way instead of God's way. And he began to run with the wrong crowd. And that was one of the most difficult funeral services I've ever had to conduct. But the one confident thing I could say is I could look at the family and I could say, God's love for you has not changed. And I can tell you this, I can say the same thing to you this morning. You may be in your sin this morning, but God's love for you has not changed. He has made provision for you. And I just want to give you an opportunity right there as you stand there with your head bowed, your eye closed. You can say, God, I'm a sinner. I know I'm lost. And I'm guilty. And list to him the sins. Tell him the sins you've committed. Right now. 
and say, God, would you please forgive me of all my sin? I want you to come into my life and save me and make me a brand new person. And I want to be your child. I want to live for you. And then thank him for coming into your life. Making you a new person. The Bible says, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. God will come into your life and make you a new person. And you can live for him and your whole worldview will change. God will change your life forever. And it will be a decision you'll never regret. Let's bow together in prayer before our closing song. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.